Good morning, Stephanie, and welcome to the Rocal Paleo Show. Good morning, Alain and Mark. I'm pleased to be here with you today. Good morning, Mark. Are you well today? I'm wonderful, thank you. I trust you are both wonderfully well as well. Ladies first. Absolutely. <laughs> I am wonderful. Awaiting this interview. Okay, great. I'm doing my best to stay well, for sure. Okay, so um, Stephanie, you're a clinical nutritionist, a weight loss and emotional eating expert, author, speaker, and host of the Beyond the Food show. Um, can you tell us about your background and how you got where you are now? Absolutely. For me, this whole, the reason why I'm here today is because I wasn't well at one point in my life. So uh, if you dial back six, almost seven years ago in October, I was actually in hospital with a severe panic attack, which I thought at the time was a heart attack, like literally in bed for seven hours being poked around. And then finally the doctor told me it wasn't a heart attack, it was a panic attack. And, and for the listener to understand, at that point in my life, it was, I was a completely different person than I am today. I was 100 pounds heavier than I am today, so significantly overweight. I smoked a pack of cigarettes a day. I worked in the corporate world. I was exhausted. I had severe adrenal issue, an hormonal issue. My life wasn't good. So the picture of me having a heart attack was not something that was strange. So when I discovered the world of anxiety and panic attack, it led me to find a solution naturally. And that's how I end up in the field of nutrition and natural health to heal myself first. And from there, I discovered a passion for that and helping other people in a different mean than I had do, been doing in my corporate life. And I jumped in and start the, uh, my website and then later on start the podcast as well. So that's short story of my life. Right. Sounds uh, very interesting. So what is the natural solution to anxiety attack? Uh, it's, all about at first it starts with food right so anxiety has a lot to do with blood sugar dysregulation and for me that was a big thing because i was quote unquote addicted to carbohydrate like it was carbohydrate morning lunch and dinner so my blood sugar was fluctuating a lot and as soon as i regulated that through a paleo diet at the time six years ago I see guidance from a, a coach at the time that helped me and, and presented me with this real food paleo diet, which seemed very strange to me because all my life I had been on low fat diet and calorie counting. And, and then he said, you can eat as much as you want, as long as you eat real food and then you don't eat these foods. So automatically when I did that and I started moving and walking my anxiety like crippled down like significantly and since the november of six years ago i've never had a panic attack since then so i would say to your listener and to you the number one thing you can do for anxiety is look into nutrition and stabilizing your blood sugar level beyond that there's a bunch of techniques we can look at but that's the basic right right i have a trick question for you are you french I am French. <laughs> <laughs> your, your accent is really good and better than mine. <laughs> That's why I pronounced your name at the beginning, Alain, instead of yeah. Alain. Uh, yes, right. I'm French. I'm French from Quebec. And I believe okay. you're from France yourself, right? I am the real cheese, yes. Yeah. So I am yes. from Quebec. I was uh, raised in Quebec, and I actually only started to speak English at the age of 22. 
Wow. So That's that leaves me with this accent that will never go away, but I, it's my trademark. What, what accent? I don't hear any accent. <laughs> Just a little bit. <laughs> okay. So as a clinical nutritionist, uh, what service do you offer? How do you help your clients? For me, it's moving beyond, at this point in time in my career, it's moving beyond um, helping people one-on-one. I still do that, but my platform is called Going Beyond the Food. And in my work with people in the last four years, what I have discovered through my work with them and also through my personal journey is that health, is what people want. They may express it in the needs of wanting to lose weight or have a better skin or have less premenopausal symptoms, but ultimately what they want is to be healthier because their symptoms will only go away once they reach a certain level of health. Right. So, and, and, and when I say I want people to be healthy, for most people, they don't, that first they're like, I don't want to be healthy, I just want to lose weight right? That's my goal. Uh, but know that it will only come when you're healthier. The body will release the weight at this point. And there is more than just food. And that's why my podcast is called Going Beyond the Food. Is What I have found is that the biggest part of people's success in achieving health, therefore result on a long-term basis, is when they explode their health action beyond the food so we're talking about sleep we're talking about mindset we're talking about particularly for female their relationship their emotional relationship to food so that is something of a long-term nature you don't change everything at once so i've started this podcast to help educate uh, women particularly in the concept of moving your health beyond the food once you've figured out your food how do you go beyond that uh, so it's more of a platform at this point. We do event online shortly in next year, 2018. We're actually going to start doing face-to-face -face events in different parts of the world with women, like workshop style. And we're also having an online community where we support women on a long-term basis. And I still do one-on-one, -on -one, but it's a smaller part of my business at this point. Right, right. So in your opinion, is uh, one's emotional state connected to general health? Absolutely. I, I, people don't see my face right now, but I have a big grin on my face. It's the basis of it. So well, if you, if you're, you're on camera, so oh, yes. I am. Oh, you didn't know? <laughs> no, I didn't know. So yeah, so it is the base of it because our emotion will drive the choices we do. So very simply, if you're faced in a situation to actually having to choose, let's say, between a healthy food option and junk food, how you feel inside of your body, inside of your mind, inside of your heart will drive you to make the right choices. And that is particularly true for, again, women, because there's a, there's a difference physiologically and mentally between men and women. Women are more heart-centered. Men are more logical. So particularly for women, that emotional state in their head will actually drive them to make the right choices or the wrong choices. So it's, it's like one in one, like the two are connected. And unfortunately, and I say unfortunately, I could use other words, but I'll stick with unfortunately, in today's mass media message around health, 
all we talk about is calories, macros, and we never talk about the emotional state of people. And that is why I was reading a stat two weeks ago that said that 98% of people who lose weight will actually regain their weight and some more. Right. And nobody's able to explain why. It's because they're looking at it strictly from a logical perspective. They're not looking at it from an emotional basis, which is what happens with people when they go on a diet. They'll do very well. They'll be, their mindset will be there to make the right choices. And as soon as they achieve their goal, then they will start allowing themselves to make the choices that their heart, that their emotion really dictated. And then that's when they revert back. Right. So as a counselor, do you find yourself to be a psychotherapist as well? No, no, I don't. Because A, number one, it's illegal for me to do that. <laughs> right, right. No, I mean, no, what I mean, of course you're not, but I'm, I'm saying that yeah. you're playing the role because you have to find the emotion between, uh, behind the, the cravings and the, and the needs because if you're in a stable state, uh, instead of choosing a slice of cake, I would rather eat, um, you know, cherries, fresh cherries or so what, because we can't deny also the fact that sugar is highly addictive. So yes. how, why can't we connect emotional well-being with fresh fruit instead of a slice of cake? Absolutely. And that's part of what we call the DODI protocol. So it's a six step process. So let's say Alain, you come to me at first, you've dieted for the last 10 or 15 years of your life, your doctor has just diagnosed you with diabetes, and, and you now want to do the right thing. The first thing we're going to do is actually take care of your sugar addiction. We're going to acknowledge the fact that sugar is addictive we are going to teach you the proper way of eating to get you off that physical addiction to sugar. Because as right. you said, there's a physical component where your body craves it. And then that usually takes about to get rid of that physical craving takes about two to three weeks. Mm. And then what we are left Literally, people tell me that 60% of their craving is gone once they have adopted a low-carb, real food diet. That just magically makes the craving go away. And then we're left with the, the, this bucket of emotion that drives the choices between the cake and the fresh cherries. So and to answer your question, is it psychotherapy? The magical thing is... Personally, I went through therapy session for about 10 sessions, so about 10 hours a session. And at the same time, I was reading a lot of, lot of self-help book and a lot of book that will help you understand your own mindset. And then I was able to let go of my therapy and regulate my own emotion by understanding how the mind function. And that's my approach in my community is not to dive into individual issue, but rather help people understand how their mind function, like a simple fact, like conscious mind and subconscious mind, people don't understand that. We teach them that so they can then, from there, understand their own behavior and with time make changes. 
So it's self-driven right. instead of being a talk therapy. So you're doing a lot of education. 100%. And that's why my work now has moved on to the world of podcasts just like you because it allows me to be in people's ear two hours a week of talking. Right. And educating. Right. So as an author, can you tell us about your book, The Crave Cure Program? So it's all linked together. So the Crave Cure program is the book that the foundation of that program that I was telling you when people first come to me, they go through that 30-day Crave Cure program. So the book is aimed at people that are beginning their journey to teach them, A, the foundation of a real food, low-carb approach to your nutrition, so there's a series of videos. So every single day for 30 days, alongside to the book, we send them a video that teaches them the basic of nutrition. And then we dive into the whole emotional component. So we take people through, for an example, um, an exercise called the Crave Cure Formula. So the Crave Cure Formula is the beginning process of connecting with the emotion behind your craving. So it's a four-step approach, which encompass breathing technique that will allow you to feel that surge of emotion behind the cheesecake or the cake choices that will allow you to feel the emotion and understand the emotion behind it. And with those breathing technique, it's yoga, yogic breathing uh, that I teach people, the emotion and the energy behind the emotion will come down. So that's the book, The Crave Cure. It's the foundation of nutrition and then the introduction to the whole concept of emotion behind uh, the craving and our relationship to food. Right. And so is that what you call the Dodier Protocol? Yes, exactly, sir. So the Dodier Protocol is the foundation. It's something that I've um, developed in my four years of working with people one-on-one because when you get out of nutrition school, they do not give you a process to work with people. They're like, mm -hmm. here's all the science behind food. Here's all the different way you can approach it, the supplement, go at it. And then you're very quickly faced with people's psychological way of interacting with their health. And right. then you, you, you need to start learning that and experiencing that. So the Dodiac protocol came from there. And one of the things that I'm absolutely a believer is education. So when people come to me with a health issue is number one, understanding what that health issue is, because I'm sure your listener are familiar with that. And you're likely familiar with that. When you get diagnosed with a condition with your doctor, it's a big five minutes. Mm -hmm. You spend five minutes in the office. You're being told you have diabetes. Here's your pill. Go home. Yeah. Nobody tells you what diabetes is. So the first thing we need to do is education. So I help people understand what actually the mechanism of their unbalance, their disease is. So that's the number one. And understand and acknowledge the fact that they're responsible for their own health. Because that's another big problem of the healthcare system today is that it's, it's not our fault. Like it's always the fault of something else. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, that's a typical societal uh, situation here. It's not just in the medical side. It's everywhere. It's always somebody else's fault. Exactly. So you go around in life feeling like the world is doing something to you. Yep. 
and you never have a choice and you never have, you're not empowered. So when you look at natural healing or natural health, the fundamental basis of that is responsabilization because it's about right. your choice. Yeah, I tell my clients, you need to reclaim responsibility for your own health. You need to stop giving it away to the medical establishment. Educate yourself, learn about yourself, pay attention to what your body says, and then act on it. Do not give it away to other people. And uh, this whole, uh, this whole, it's not my fault. It's, uh, it's, it drives me crazy. Because it's like it takes all the responsibility out of you, and it makes um, it. Of course, it makes you on one hand feel like uh, defenseless, but on the other hand, it's like, oh, I'm giving up. I'm giving up all my uh, decision power to a third party, which typically all they care about is making money on your back, right? And not educating you. So. Our job, your job, my job, our job on the show is to educate people, let them know there are choices, let them know to, and teach them how to dig deeper, educate yourself, and reclaim your own power of decision over your, your, your own health. And I think we're on the same page there. Absolutely. And that's the first three step of the Dodi protocol is understanding what's going on in your current situation what has what choices did you make in your past that led you to be what you are and who you are today and then here's what you need to do to move where you want to go and then it becomes it's not a pill you can take that's going to make you feel better it's your choice dozens of time in a day that's going to lead you to be who you want to be and that's a it's a big hurdle big hurdle for people to get over yeah, yeah, because they've been brainwashed into believing that from very, very early on. I mean, even parents say, oh, it's not your fault, you know, that because it rains outside, that's why, or because mm -hmm. it's uh, the new moon or something, uh, you know, it's just, it's, it's crazy. We need to reteach people how to accept responsibility for their own action, and especially in the health field, especially. Absolutely. So yeah. that comes with the first step beyond that is the diet, right? So we learn that principle through the choices we make and people are like surprised to see that 90% of what they're being sold in the big grocery store is actually not healthy for them. It's crap. Let's call it that way. Absolutely. We'll use the C word. It's crap, right? And people are having that, like it takes time to process that to like, for the last 35 years, I've been told that eating all bran is going to be healthy for me. And now, right. now you're crushing that for me. Like, so people have to process that, right? And, right? and then, like, if you talk about poop, like, people eat their all bran. I see that all the time to poop. And then when you say, well, it's not healthy, they're like, well, how am I going to poop? Well, like, guess what? You're going to eat vegetables, <laughs> right? right. <laughs> so we can, we can use the French word, caca. Caca, yeah. <laughs> So, but uh, to going back to uh, what I was saying earlier a little bit is that in giving back our clients the power of decision, it's also very empowering for them. They rediscover that, uh, yes, they can make decisions for themselves. And yes, uh, how and what choice they make affects their health 
and their well-being, mental, mental well-being as well. So it is empowering. We can't walk around like zombies um, uh, being buffeted by all sorts of situations out there. We need to stand up and, and you know, uh, be responsible and, and act responsibly. And I will say to you, this is the next step of the Dodi protocol and what we teach in the Crave Cure is that once we've learned that through food, we then need to move beyond the food and take responsibility for the amount of hours we sleep every night. And we need to make the choices to turn off the TV earlier at night so we can go to bed by 10. Yeah. Right? It's not about taking a sleeping pill. It's about going to bed earlier. It's about understanding that the craving you are experiencing when you have eating real food, paleo diet, the craving you're experiencing are actually because of how you feel. And if you really want to moderate and eliminate those cravings, you actually need to deal with your life. You need to deal with the toxic relationship in your life. You need to deal with the fact that you hate your job. You need to deal with the fact that you're not in nature enough and you feel disconnected from nature, like all those elements. And you need that responsabilization comes that you need to take step in other area of your life. Right, right. And uh, to be clear, when we say go to bed at 10, doesn't mean go to bed with your cell phone and do Facebook for another, another hour. Yes. Because I know some people that do that. And it's like, well, I was in bed at 10, but, you know, between <laughs> the Facebooking and uh, the blue light, it completely disrupts their, you know, and you shouldn't even have your cell phone next to you uh, yep. next to your bed it should be in a different room so there's no beeping no calling no nothing make it silent i yeah. mean whatever happens typically can wait until the next morning absolutely so that's a huge piece and then when we talk about ladies and ladies i want you to hear that message the product you put on your body the lotion the skin the makeup the perfume all yep. have an impact on your health yeah. So if you're like hormonally disrupted and you suffer from hot flashes, yes, diet will help you. But the next step is you need to clear all those products you're putting in your face to healthy, safe product so you can allow your body to rebalance your hormones. Right. People keep on forgetting that skin is our biggest organ and it absorbs everything more through the skin than what you breathe and eat actually. So if you put toxic product on your skin, it's gonna get in and it's gonna affect your, your health, your hormone. Most of these cream have some, some um, uh, chemicals that affects your hormones. Yep. So that's, a, that's another, given that I work, my environment is mostly female, that's another big mission of mine because women even more than men put a lot of crap on our face and it says that up to 14 chemical products are put on a woman's face before she goes to work in the morning. Right. So right. we need to change that. So that's the part of the philosophy of going beyond the food and it's layering those six steps so people can come out of this with the tools that they need for the next months or a year to make all those little changes that me and you and I have talked about from sleeping to cell phone to product you put on your skin so you can achieve that optimum health. Right. Um, uh, you know, I mean, this 
this may not work for everybody, but I found that for me, meditating for like 15 oh, minutes yeah. before I go to bed, I mean, I, I, I hit the pillow and boom, I'm gone. Yeah. I do that in the morning for me. It's 15 minutes laying right. in my bed of meditation. And that's a whole other step. Like when you tell people that you have to meditate, for many people, they're like, what's that woo-woo stuff you're talking about? <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, well, actually, it's not woo-woo. It's been in the, in the history of, of mankind for thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. We just, in modern society, pushed it aside because it didn't fit the pill, pharmacology, medical stuff that we're thinking is the right thing. But it's just right. a matter of time before we wake up again and go back to how it used to be. And meditation is just a word. It could be prayer if, you, if that's what you do. It could be just uh, reflecting on your day. It could be uh, trying to eliminate some uh, negative thoughts and thank the universe for what you have and not what you don't have, <laughs> which is another big issue with this uh, society is that they always focus, they, they make you feel bad or guilty about what you don't have. And they make you feel bad because it's like, oh my God, you know, my neighbor has a brand new car and my car is three years old. I should get a new car. Right? Well, I mean, just that's just an example, but yeah. Talk about TV, right? I mean, the worst yeah. thing you can do, that's another layer of things we need to do is especially the news. Like right. we need to like oh, yeah. minimize that in our life because that is a trigger for massive amount of craving. Let me tell you that, girls. It's like craving heaven because you leave the news report and you feel like crap and you feel stressed that the world's going to collapse on yeah. you. And, and it's always centralized in TV, right? So it makes right. you feel even worse. So, yeah, news is another layer of this. Yeah, I've learned that a while ago. Um, a good friend of mine was into absolutely no news. Um, you know, uh, it's toxic. It's, uh, you know, take a break from it, uh, you know, whatever. You know, uh, I'm not saying avoid the world, but news are designed to scare you, to anguish you, to make you feel bad about the world and feel scared. I mean, yeah. all the talk is about murder and, and this and that and the other. At the end of the news, you're like, you know, what kind of world do, do we live in? And uh, it will affect your mental health in the long run. And, uh, you know, and then start, people start to take antidepressants and, and then they get worse and worse and, and it's... You know, it's good for pharmaceutical business, but it's not good for us. Well, that's just for people who are doubting what we're saying. Biochemistry in the body can explain that reaction. When you watch the news and you are being told that the world is about to collapse and there's going to be a nuclear war on this, you move into the space what we call fear fear and worry and when you go to that state of emotion there's a biochemistry reaction in your body that respond to that state of mind of fear and worry and then you release cortisol cortisol is the hormone of stress and fear and worry that's right. the, it's not adrenaline it's cortisol like the chronic small one and when you release cortisol in your body you also release insulin and insulin will make you crave carbohydrate and sugar to stabilize your blood sugar. 
So right. news have an impact on your craving. It's just a fact of life. We just don't understand it. But if I'm telling you this today, it will make it easier for you to make the right choices in the long run. All right. Um, moving along. Um, can you tell us what you talk about on your the Beyond the Food show? Absolutely. So it's a podcast we hear twice a week. So on Thursday, it's a short podcast of about 10 to 15 minutes, and it's a mindset podcast. So for an example, this week, we talked about the fear of success because that's present in many women. So it's kind of a coaching podcast. And then on the Sunday, I release an interview with a health expert on topics that are meant to educate people on how to go beyond the food. So we've had example, Dr. Uh, Perlmutter that came in and talked to us about the impact of neuroplasticity on our brain and how we can make changes and in habits into our life. We had Dr. Bruce Lipton that came in and gave us a lecture for an hour and a half on subconscious conscious mind and how both are impacting our ability to make decisions. This week, we have Dr. Trevor Cade that comes in and talk to us about the impact of the beauty product on our health. So it's all those little um, elements that we need to learn. So it's a teaching platform for me to help uh, people go beyond the food. Right. Where can we find information about you and your services and your podcast and so on? Absolutely. So the easiest place for you to go is on my website. So www. I'm going to spell my name, Stephanie, S-T-E-P-H-A-N-I-E, D-O-D-I-E-R, stephaniedozier.com. And from there, you can hit my podcast. You can hit my blog. I have hundreds and hundreds of, of low-carb, real food recipes. Um, and I've got a whole bunch of free product, one of them being the Crave Cure Guide, which is a short extract of the Crave Cure program that you can download completely for free um, and I'll give you a taste of what we do in the Crave Care program. Great. Thank you again, Stephanie, for being on the Local Paleo Show. And as we say in Texas, a votre santé, yo. Oh, pussy. <laughs> <laughs> you're probably one of the few that gets it, right? Because yeah. <laughs> you, you speak, you're French, so. You, you've combined French and Southern accent. <laughs> that's right, that's right. Yeah, well, I've been in Texas for like 31 years now, so I, I sort of speaks, uh, speak Texas French. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good one. 